welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Hear these uh, words from the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 28 through 31 from the Common English Bible. Peter said to him, Look, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, I assure you that anyone who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or farms because of me, because of the good news, will receive 100 times as much now in this life. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and farms with, the common English Bible says, with harassment. Some translations say with troubles. And in the coming age, eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And many who are last will be first. We are reminded in Mark's gospel to be a follower of Jesus does not mean that life will always only be a blessing or life will only be easy without problems. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, it says the rain falls on the just, the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. But God is good in spite of and through everything. Mark's gospel is described at the very beginning of the gospel as the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ. In reality, it's more than just that. It is a continuation of the covenantal promise of God with with Israel. God promises to be God and encourages the followers of God to be the children of God and to be faithful to God. Mark's gospel ends with Jesus' death and resurrection, and so it is the good news of Jesus Christ. But biblical books were not originally subdivided into chapters and verses, and so in the early times of the church, they didn't have what we have to refer to in the Bible. An encounter with Scripture was a long reading of the text. An encounter with the message of the Bible would have been lengthy, And as John Wesley would describe, as scriptures are read, we receive a means of grace. We receive God's love in and through God's word. We've been living through a hard season, it seems like for two years almost. I'm reminded of before I was elected a bishop, uh, when I was serving a local congregation after church, people were leaving church greeting as we typically did and I would ask people how you doing and how you doing and one lady said to me pastor I'm doing fine if you don't ask for details how many of us have felt that way sometimes I'm doing fine for the most part but do you really have time for all of the challenges that I'm faced with thanks be to God Sellersburg United Methodist Church we have a God who cares about the very details of our life the good and the bad, the mountaintop experiences and the valley of despair. We live and we die 
but not as those without hope. I think the words echo from the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, when King Zedekiah came to the prophet Jeremiah in the quiet of the palace and said, is there a word from the Lord? I believe that the world is still looking to the church. Our community is still looking to the church. Is there a word from the Lord? Is there some good news? Is there something that we can point to that will not only inspire us, but call us to faithful action? With the beginning for Sellersburg Church that goes back to 1871, we have a reason to celebrate. Someone asked me several weeks ago as I was preaching at another church anniversary, do you preach at anniversaries often? I said, oh, yes, bishops preach at anniversaries often. And they said, well, do you preach the same sermon every time you go to a church? I said, no, but I do try to tell people about the goodness of Jesus every single time. COVID has put some of your longstanding ministries on hold but you have never gone out of business. And so I stopped by to say thank you. If you don't remember anything else Bishop Trimble said when he came to Sellersburg United Methodist Church, he came to say thank you. Not for coming to church, but for being the church. For being the church. Your community engagement over the years has been consistent, compassionate, welcoming and Christ-centered. In fact, friends, with all of the people who are prognosticating about the future of the church and the future of our society, I would say that our solidarity is found in Jesus Christ and the center holds in Jesus. The people who encountered Jesus in his time reflect the diversity of people we find in the church today. Jesus reminds those who would question what it takes to be a faithful disciple that there is a great reward in being a true follower of Jesus. More than what you have already, you will receive eternal life. But you will also, and we will also experience, and many of us have, hardship along the way. The disciples say, well, look, Jesus We've left everything. We've left our home. We left our careers. We left our families. It's hard to be a disciple of Christ, but it's rewarding. It's hard if you're rich. It's hard if you are poor. So they say, well, well who can be saved? And Jesus responds, with God, all things are possible. In fact, that's the corpus of the theology of Mark, the possible of impossibility. In 2008, I was consecrated a bishop, as Superintendent Gisselman reminded you, and then I was assigned to Iowa. When I was consecrated a bishop, it happened in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and as is our custom, when bishops become bishops, the hands of other bishops are laid upon your head. One of those bishops who laid hands upon my head was Bishop Reuben Job. He's the author of many books about discipleship, about Methodism, about prayer. One of his most popular books is one that I thanked him for that day. I said, if you never did another thing, 
for the church. Thank you for your book, The Three Simple Rules. The Three Simple Rules, based upon the Methodist general rules that go back to John Wesley. Do no harm. Do good. In fact, Wesley would say, do all the good that you can as a church and as a follower of Christ. And stay in love with God through your prayers and through your practices. The three simple rules, they're simple, friends, but they're not easy. Grace, which is the love of God that comes to us free, is free, but it's not cheap. Membership has its privileges. Membership at Sellersburg or membership in the church has its privileges. Discipleship has its privileges, but it is not cheap. In fact, let, us, let me remind you in this worship experience, in this preaching exercise, as I invite you to participate of the things that we commit ourselves to as followers of Jesus Christ in the United Methodist Church. These are words from our baptismal and membership vows found in our hymnal, in our book of worship, in our practices. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, even as we celebrate 150 years of ministry, I ask you this question. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Do you reject the evil powers of this world? And do you repent of your sin? If so, say I do. This is what we proclaim as Christians, as United Methodists. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you and gives me to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, not just your personal Savior, but our Savior together? Do you put your whole trust in Jesus' grace and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, of all nations, and all races? If so, say, I do. And finally, friends, as a member of this congregation or a potential member of this congregation, or if you're watching online, as a person who's a follower of Christ, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers? Will you support your church with your presence, with your gifts, with your service, and with your witness? If so, say, I will. These are not words made up by Bishop Trimble just for this occasion. This is part of who we say that we are. It's, it's in our hymnal. It's in our worship. It's in our practice. It's in our commitment. Jesus assures the disciples that anyone serious about following him, giving up what we deem to be valuable, will be repaid by so much more. He explains in the world to come, the values of this world will be reversed. To be humble in this life is to experience greatness in heaven. So much of what we experience today's, today, friends, is being bombarded, bombarded by messages on how to feel good, how to look better, how to retire and relax. When it is our service, it's our service to others our welcome of others, 
our commitment to weep with those who weep, to laugh with those who laugh, as, as Paul writes in Galatians, to bear each other's burdens, and in that way we fulfill the very law of Christ. I can speak for myself, friends, when I say I want to be more than just a fan of Jesus. Kyle Eidelman in his book, Not Just a Fan, says there's a difference between being a fan and a follower. I'm a fan of the Chicago Cubs. Grew up a Cubs fan. Uh, I'll always be a Cubs fan. When they lose or when they win, they lose more than they've won over the years that I've been around, but I'm still a fan. I cheer for them or any team that I cheer for, whether it's high school or college or professional sports or my own children. I cheer for them. But I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to listen to what he says and to do what he says to do and to be trustworthy. I think to be trustworthy, if we are who we say we are and we do what we say we will do, people will trust us as followers in the church. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his classic writing, The Cost of Discipleship, says costly grace is the gospel which, we, which must be sought again and again and again, costly grace. The gift which must be asked for, the door we stand before and must knock. Such grace is costly because, listen friends, it's costly because it calls us to follow. And it is grace free to us above all because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Bonhoeffer says, ye were bought for a price. And what has cost God, Bonhoeffer writes, cannot be cheap for us. Costly grace is the literal incarnation of God. It is Jesus who has come to be with us. God in the flesh. It is the life of God expressed through a living and active church grace. I refuse to allow God's grace to go to waste. So as long as I have breath, I will encourage every church I come encounter with, I worship with, to go to work as followers of Jesus Christ. If we are not making a difference in other people's lives, we should not even be in business. But we are, and I'm glad about it. Sellersburg, you are charged to be an instrument of God's grace. And here is why. Those, of, those who were part of the early Methodist movement were organized to beat the devil. In other words, we were organized as a movement, as a church, to bring so much good into the world that the enemy would have no voice and no quarter. I was asked this question years ago by a layman who said, what is it that you're asking us to do? My response was, we as baptized followers of Jesus are sent into the world full of grace to point people to Jesus with our actions, with our words, with our witness. To point people to the love of Jesus Christ. To, to walk with those who are hungry and provide them food. To walk with those who are thirsty and to quench their thirst 
to be friend to those who are friendless, to provide shelter for those who are homeless, to provide hope for those who are in despair. Some years ago, on an Easter Sunday, my wife and I attended a congregation and the pastor shared a witness from a member who was from Kenya, a nurse, who said that in their country, when they greet people, they say, my name is, and I love Jesus. My name is Mary, and I love Jesus. My name is Julius, and I love Jesus. We greet people with a witness that we love Jesus, and we share that love with them. Let's practice that for today, and I'll give you one other assignment as I close. So we're going to, at the count of three, you're going to say, my name is, and I love Jesus. One, two, three. My name is Julius, and I love Jesus. Now here's your assignment. Leslie Bledsoe, who's the wife of a bishop colleague of mine, became blind after the age of 50. She goes all around the country and gives lessons on how to adjust to life after you've lost your sight. She's an inspirational speaker, a former Marine. Um, and we just love hanging around Leslie and her husband. And she says she wakes up every morning and she says, good morning, God. I'm ready for my assignment. And she encourages other people to do the same thing. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, say, good morning, God. I'm ready for my assignment. And I would submit to you, Sellersburg United Methodist Church, one of our first assignments is to be people of prayer. And here's a prayer that we can pray that God always answers. God has never failed to answer. Lord, make me an instrument. Then you fill in the blank. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Make me an instrument of thy justice. Make me an instrument of thy love. Make me an instrument of thy grace. Make me an instrument of thy hospitality. Make me an instrument of thy healing. In order for God to use you, God has to bless you and help you. God has never failed to answer the prayer of those who have asked for God to use them. Thanks be to God that Sellersburg United Methodist Church has been an instrument of God's grace for 150 years. And by God's grace, we'll wake up tomorrow morning and say, thank you, Lord, for waking us up. What is my assignment? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless you real good. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 